Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be. Welcome to the One Perspective to Another podcast. I am your humble, sometimes gracious, sometimes irritable, sometimes still a little sick host, Adai Sanders, here with another episode. This is episode 174 of the One Perspective to Another podcast. And I am back, as I told you, with a guest. And without further ado, I'm just going to let him do his own intro this time. Since he's a returning guest, the floor is yours, sir. Thank you so much, Adot, for bringing me back on from episode 150. I had such a good time recording that one with you. I thought it would be a good idea to try and get back on here and maybe share another perspective of mine. And that has to do with the need for financial literacy throughout our United States and our world in general. Um, That's my perspective. One of the things that you said in episode 172 that really resonated with me is you got to find your passion or your niche. And that's what I feel I've found over the last five years of studying about finance. And I actually have two business degrees from UH at Manoa. Um, But now I feel like over the last five years, I've gotten more education than I got in my whole college career. So I I felt like it would be a good opportunity to kind of share the need for financial literacy with your listeners. And thank you for bringing me back on. Um, but this is my niche and this is my passion. Education and helping people understand the corruption of money. My, my, I wanted to mention at the top real quick, I'm not a certified financial advisor. I don't intend on giving any financial advice with anything we say in this podcast, even though we might talk about money. Um, my name is Aaron Kagan, A-A-R-O-N-K-A-G-A-N. You can find me on X at iGrowOrganics. But the best way to get in contact with me, because I can't actually use my hands, would be to message me on Facebook Messenger, and then I would contact you back. Um, we, we got into why I can't use my hands back in episode 150. So if anyone is curious about that, just scroll, scroll that, listen to, to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that, uh, your 150 episode in the, uh, the show notes too. So we'll, get put, we'll put all your stuff in the show notes. <coughs> Excuse me. Nice. So um, first I wanted to, right off the top, mention my influences they were just so very important to me and actually i heard about them on a podcast so it was because i heard about their name on a podcast i decided to dive into their rabbit hole and learn and educate myself over the last three four years over covid everything so these influences first My top influence is Robert Breedlove with the What Is Money podcast. 
It's an incredible podcast that I encourage everyone who's interested in finance to listen to. My next influence is George from Cryptos Are Us on YouTube. He does daily streams that are just so educational and really resonated with me over years. Uh, my next uh, influencers are Marty Bent and Matt Odell from the Rabbit Hole Recap podcast. And they are extremely high signal, very educational, very informative. Um, I'd just like to mention David Bennett with the Bitcoin and podcast and the Circle P. They've also given me a, a lot of information and knowledge that I'm very grateful for. So uh, I encourage everyone to subscribe to everyone's podcast and YouTube. Nice. Uh, we, we appreciate the disclaimer for this upcoming conversation. You got me a little scared now. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I just, I mean, you're a friend of mine. I felt like we could have a really, really cool conversation. We didn't need to rehearse anything. We just, we just flow with it. You know what I mean? You're, I've known you for more than five years and let's, let's get into it. Um, let's start where, uh, you said in episode 172, you said that it is important for someone to find their passion or their niche. And that is what I've, I've found in Bitcoin. Bitcoin has given me so much openness and the ability to learn about our actual financial system and our monetary system. Um, that That is the first step into digging into this rabbit hole. And the influencers that I mentioned earlier will help you do just that. So let me ask you a quick question then. Do you feel like Bitcoin made you kind of reverse engineer your understanding of money or did it go like the other way around? Well, like I said, I, I was in business school. I had one understanding of money. It was an indoctrinated understanding, which we all have. We are all indoctrinated into using the US dollar as our regular currency to trade with every day. And it, you know, you don't even understand that it's just such a Ponzi scheme and modern day slavery of a system until you, you understand Bitcoin. What do you mean by that? Why do, you have, why do you have to understand Bitcoin to understand the Ponzi scheme? Because you're able to see the differences between a currency like Bitcoin, which is worldwide, it's not controlled by a single entity or government, such as the US dollar, which is controlled by our Federal Reserve Bank and their money printer, which can be turned on at will whenever they need. Our national debt currently is at $34 trillion. And if you look on a dollar bill, it says this bill is a note of the nation's debt. 
that's what it represents. Part of the 33, $34 trillion dollars that the government is currently in debt. Mm. And, and by trading US dollars and working to earn US dollars, we're only perpetuating this system of stealing from the poor and giving to the rich, who are the people that are closest to the money printer. But if the, or you could tell me if I'm wrong, you the, uh, the master of it. But when, my understanding of it is we are a consumer-based um, country, and yes. we are we are taxed. So when it comes to the power of the dollar, yes, it is the United States of America's debt. But in actuality, like who's really paying that debt? And will that debt ever be cashed in or like given back? No, I don't think so. And then when it comes to like spending the dollar, it's only in America. You know what I'm saying? So like with the interest rates now, like we're the Federal Reserve. They, I, I know it's a link on there, too. Um, I forgot what it is, but like they show daily how much money with what is it? Uh, quantitative. Uh, Quantitative easing or yeah, yeah, and they get right rid of billions of dollars a day. So it's like it's it's defeating the purpose. But why why do you think why do you, my my thing is I'm trying to understand like why only Bitcoin? Or are you just saying any crypto? No Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the only crypto that is globally recognized. <laughs> And it, it perfectly emulates the five properties of money. If you'd like to find out about the five properties of money, durability, portability, um, uh, durability, portability. Uh, this is by uh, Robert Breedlove on the What Is Money podcast and scarcity. Bitcoin perfectly represents all the properties of money, whereas gold represents certain properties of it, and the U.S. dollar represents very few properties of it. But Bitcoin, it represented represents it perfectly. It is like pharmaceutical gold, in other words. Yeah, but the the dollar is only backed by gold or i don't it even know if it's backed, backed by, by gold. gold anymore not since 1971. yeah that's and what i'm saying that's so that's why they created the reserve system to give that probability back right or i don't know i'm asking you so, okay so the banking system currently as of 1971 works on a fractional reserve banking system. And that is the biggest part of the whole Ponzi scheme. That's basically what the entire Ponzi scheme is based on, the fractional reserve banking. And this is something that is not apparent to regular people unless you really dive into the rabbit hole of banking and really learn and educate yourself about it. Well, well let's dive into it. Break it down. Okay. Well, um, 
basically the government says we need six trillion dollars to send to Ukraine or Israel or something. What are they going to do? They they press the money printer and they print out the six trillion dollars, which will add to that thirty three trillion dollars in debt, which are, is represented by the dollars that we all trade every day. So they're basically inflating the supply of these dollars by printing money. And they're not, there's no work being put into it. You know, they're, they're not like giving value to the money they're printing. They're just printing paper money in a sense. It's actually just zeros and ones on a spreadsheet. But by printing money, they're inflating the supply of U.S. dollars. $33 trillion in debt plus $6 trillion is $38 trillion or whatever. And, and that represents the value of the paper U.S. dollar that we all are indoctrinated to use in everyday life. And now, actually, the entire world uses the U.S. dollar for the most part in trade, even though now some countries are kind of pulling off of that. Um, that's not a good thing for the government, but it's simply the free market at work. And Bitcoin is part of the free market. People can freely choose. They can trade in the U.S. dollar which is tied to this $34 trillion debt bill that we're paying a billion dollars in interest payments every month to the, to the treasury bill holders that are holding all of this debt. So every month that number, that debt number, 33, 34 trillion is going up by a trillion every month just because we can't stop printing money we just can't we're we're we have too many expenses as a government and we just basically spend money that we don't have just because we have a money printer yeah i i, I actually agree with you on certain points but my understanding of it is when they ask, <clears throat> excuse me, when they ask for six trillion dollars, like I think you talked about it, you said that six trillion dollars or six billion, whichever one you said, is going to be yeah six trillion is going to be with interest, and that's what that's what's going on right now. That's why it's so, like you said, if you're not looking for the information, then you won't know. But they haven't printed any money for a while. That's why interest rates are so high. That's why credit cards are. APRs are so high. That's why groceries, gas, everything is more expensive because they're trying to stop people from spending to take down interest rates for it to get better. But then on the same notion, like, I don't think the debt is as important. It's important, but there, I don't think the government, not the federal government, but the government has any plans to rectify or cash that check to pay it it's just a, a system of 
what can get this next regime of president through the next eight years? They don't care how much inflation happens. They don't care how much more they add to the debt. Just like today, not today. Yeah, literally today they signed a bill where the government doesn't have to shut down. So they kept um, what's her name? Nancy Pelosi's um, bill or like stimulus, not stimulus. Uh, they kept her uh, whatever the fuck is called na- national. Uh, Okay. Yeah, thing to keep it. So it's like, I hear what you're saying, but there's never a goal for them to get rid of that debt that we owe to other people. It's just in America. It's going to go to our future generations. It's going to go to our kids, our grandkids. Eventually, shit is going to hit the fan. We're paying a trillion dollars in new interest payments to current treasury holders, whether they be Chinese holders, Japanese holders, European holders, people all around the world, whoever own treasury bills, they're getting paid interest payments from our government. Where do those interest payments come from? The money printer. Are you sure? Yes, there's no other way. Uh, there's no other way other than taxation. Taxation or inflation is the only way a government can pay its debts. Yeah, but taxation and that's not a money printer. That's them collecting interest payments on inflated value of a dollar. Yep. But that's that's two different things, though, right? No? Am I wrong? Tell me. You, you're the master. Well, well, inflation is taxation. It's taxation, like I was telling you, it's taxation of the poor, giving that to the rich who are closer to the money printer at the, the top echelon. Or break, break that down to me, though. But, like, everybody pays taxes. So why do you say it's from taken from the poor? Inflation, unwarranted inflation is adding to the money supply. So it's stealing from the savers of dollars. If a person saves in U.S. dollars and six trillion new U.S. dollars are added to the money supply, doesn't that devalue the the person who has the the you understand yeah but that's not them making money less hard they're not making it taxable they're making money easier to get versus making it harder to get which is just credit and borrowing to create interest that's the way my mind sees it i don't think that's taking away from the poor if you're richer you have more assets to counterbalance being taxed, but it's not taking away because everybody pays taxes. Everybody right. has credit. Not everybody has credit, but like everybody is in the system of like, if I get a credit card and I have a limited $100,000 versus getting it now versus like what, five years ago, the APR is going to be different. Anybody could have that credit card. It's just the way... That 
the way I see it is just the way that the American government is trying to keep checks and balances from it getting out of hand. Because I, I hear what you're saying, and I thought that same thing, too, of, like, it's going to be a shit show. But, like, then thinking about the government aspect of it, they don't have any intentions of paying off that trillions of dollars of debt. They just want to keep maintaining. That's their yes, goal. But they're paying a trillion dollars a month in interest payments. Don't you don't you feel two years down the line that trillion dollars is gonna be two trillion, three trillion? That's our kids. That's our kids' kids going to have to pay when when that thirty four trillion dollars in debt becomes a hundred trillion, I mean that's just unbelievable. Yeah, and that we're we're in the middle of it. Like, if we had this conversation like 10 years ago when we were kids, it would be the same thing. Every single year, the the national debt has increased. Like, that's just an an inevitable. My thing is, like, whatever it takes for them to maintain, they will do it again. They will raise interest rates again. I don't think, though, the government will allow... Even if it even if it gets to fifty trillion dollars, there's no way they're going to allow the dollar to collapse. It's just that's why I say they don't care about the the debt. They can they'd rather pay. Like it's a it's I hear what you're saying on the money aspect of it and the yeah. Bitcoin, but yeah. the pettiness of the the government they would rather pay those the trillions than. Guns. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is the the U.S. government has the biggest gun, and that's why they don't need to worry about paying their debt. But the fact is, we're paying these these uh, treasury holders every month on this debt, and that that's not going to stop. I mean, it's not like we're going to pay off the principal of the debt, you know. So I don't know how it's going to work. But what I do know is Bitcoin is an opt-out. It's an opt-out of this monetary system, Ponzi scheme of modern-day slavery that does steal from the poor. Because if you had three or $400 in your bank account, say, and the value of that three or $400 goes down, to where you can only buy like three gallons of milk with it. Like that's how they steal from the poor and give to the rich through inflation, pumping money into this money supply. And that leads to this inflation. The Federal Reserve is claiming, oh, we have to raise interest rates to curb inflation, quote, unquote. It's not really I mean, it did do somewhat of what they wanted, but like inflation is coming down, but like it's not the whole story. And that's actually the only tool that they have in their arsenal to utilize. They can't do anything else except throw their arms up in the air. What I said by Bitcoin being an opt out is Bitcoin's not controlled by any Federal Reserve, any centralized entity. It is freedom money. 
controlled by the people, run by the people, and valued by the people. That's why Bitcoin has value, because the people put value to it. And, okay, a whole nother thing that I wanted to discuss, other than the, the subject of money in general, is this is a very special week in Bitcoin history. It's never been happened before, never happened before, never been allowed the creation of a Bitcoin spot ETF was approved by the SEC. That's never been done before. Uh, 15 years of the history of Bitcoin, and now it is here. And what this spot Bitcoin ETF is, it's simply an instrument for anybody to easily get exposure to Bitcoin. So the regular way someone would purchase Bitcoin would be go to an exchange and maybe leave it on the exchange. But the best thing to do for Bitcoin is to self-custody. But what these ETFs allow people to do is easily get Bitcoin without worrying about the custody. These ETFs control the custody and they also add fees. So they're making fees when people buy their ETFs. So it's on top of the value of Bitcoin, they're paying more fees in order for them to have the custody. So in my opinion, it's better to have self-custody. Be your own bank, be your own boss. Um, don't rely and pay fees yearly to these companies just to hold your Bitcoin. But, but these ETFs, what they are is an instrument for people to easily get exposure to it. And that, that is historical. We, we haven't seen the exact effect of it on the Bitcoin price, but- No, it went up a little bit. <laughs> in the first, well, not, not as of this morning, in the first four days of trading, of these spot Bitcoin ETFs, $11 billion worth of Bitcoin has flown in. Well, it's, it's volume, so it's actually flown in and out because out of the 11 ETFs that were approved, 10 of them are brand new, so they have mostly inflows of money. The, the one uh, grayscale Bitcoin trust was converted to an ETF. So they have all these insiders that have had their Bitcoin locked into this trust for 10 years. Now, because it's converted to an ETF, these people are able to sell and able to cash out. So that's what they've done. They've seen a tremendous amount of outflow from the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which has the highest fees out of all of the ETFs. And they did that on purpose because they knew they weren't trying to sell their shares. 
like these 10 other new ETFs. They're, they knew that there was going to be a lot of people trying to take profits and cash out. So the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, it's mostly outflows, but all the other ETFs, they've, they've more than matched the outflows with inflows. Okay. It's, it's a matter of time before this scarce asset, scarce asset, very scarce. It's just a matter of time before these ETFs fill up, the the over-the-counter market dries up, and there's no Bitcoin that these guys can buy. With like, That's, or go ahead. That, that is what's going to make the price explode at some point. But is, I hear everything you're saying, but when I think about it in terms of you trying to take away the U.S. dollar, like... One, Bitcoin has a limit. It has a cap. There is a maxed version of total Bitcoin that you can have. Two, yeah, and that's definitely a benefit rather than a negative. But it's that to me in the in the American economy that will be terrible. Two, well, it's never. We've never ever had an invention in our existence that is able to be this a finite counted supply asset we've never invented anything of this sort no asset has been able to be digitally counted so every little aspect of of the asset is known it's never been in the history of humanity yeah, that's all that's all well and dandy. I, I totally agree with you. I think it's a beautiful thing. I love technology for those yeah. reasons. But yeah. then I think about the other side of it, too, is like because I was going to ask, where are these people taking this money from Bitcoin and doing with it? They're transferring it out and getting what dollar bills, right? I'm not sure what you're asking or referring to. Like you said, when when you get an ETF uh, for the people who had it, you said people cashed out when Bitcoin's volume went up. They cashed out their money to get dollars, USD, right? Well, okay. So you're referring to the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust that was just approved to be converted into an ETF. Yeah. That's the only one. There are 10 others that are brand new. They're new companies that have created their ETFs. But this Grayscale Bitcoin Trust has had people in it for 10 years, putting Bitcoin in it, putting Bitcoin in it constantly. And now that it's converted to an ETF, they're able to sell it. They have not been able to sell their their holdings before. But that's what has affected the Bitcoin price. Because the sellers of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust had to sell their Bitcoin in order to sell shares of their trust. Okay. I'm just thinking like actually trying to replace a dollar. The only thing that... It, 
that I get to like as an end all be all is the Federal Reserve being able to create and take back and delete money when they want to is way more powerful than having a cap of 21 million Bitcoin. Because let's say, for example, Bitcoin took over the dollar bill. How would you buy that Bitcoin? The everyday average American with dollars. So the rich, yeah, the rich exactly. would stay rich. The poor would stay exactly, poor. Exactly what you're referring to is the fact that every asset in in the, every asset that we can buy is denominated in U.S. dollar. Which you're right, yeah. And I don't see Bitcoin replacing the U.S. dollar. I see more of a side by side relationship and a free market. People are free to make their own decisions. Bitcoin is simply harder, better money than fake fiat paper money. Bitcoin oh, so you just saying like instead of like us, if we were going to like London or something and using the pound, like you could still use your credit card in a foreign country. You're just saying like to use Bitcoin as another means to do shit. But still, you still don't have dollars, but you just go yeah, more well, Bitcoin based. Look at, look at El Salvador. They made Bitcoin legal currency, legal tender, and they still use U.S. dollars. It's not like it's totally replaced. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, th- I thought you meant like you wanted to completely because you said it was a Ponzi scheme. So I'm like, you're trying to get rid of well, the dollars. Well, it is. It is, and I, I'm, I, I don't want to be a part of the Ponzi scheme. I see it for what it is, and that's what education allows you to do. When you start delving into what the banking system is, what fractional reserve banking is, what the gold standard was, why we got pulled off of the gold standard, it just it, it opens so many doors and rabbit holes you just want to learn more and more and more and the resources that i mentioned earlier at the beginning of the podcast are invaluable invaluable resources got you so let me pick your brain then so let's say more uh etfs happen yada 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 what happens when the federal government decides they want their peace too Okay, so with the ETFs, the government is getting their piece. The ETFs are approved by the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, So I'm sure there's something that they are getting their piece. I mean, they're, they're not a regulated security not giving the government a piece, you know? Any stock out there is a security and the government gets peace off of everything i'm sure nah you talking about it the the by the books way i'm talking about when the government and people who work in government are yada 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 people who only make eighty thousand a year but got four hundred thousand dollars of stocks like where do you get that money from i'm talking about those people who want to invest in the bitcoin i feel like Bitcoin is a beautiful thing for people who think 
in the right mind. But if Bitcoin did get that much get that much more progressive, I feel like the federal government would feel like it's an attack and they would try to take it over. Yeah, but you know, what do they say? First, they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then they give up because there's nothing to do. And that's, that's what's happening right now. We're at the then they fight you stage. And we just have to persevere through it and Bitcoin will win. So you just gotta stay humble and stack stats. You said stack stats? Stack sats, satoshis. <laughs> that's the, the smallest denominator. <clears throat> of Bitcoin. So what's what's the goal? Like, do you want people to, do you want the government to get more so they can get rid of the debt? Or you just want more people to invest in the Bitcoin and be more flexible? My goal with education and coming on your podcast and talking to people about money in general is just getting the the idea that financial literacy is crucially important and there are not there are nowhere near the amount of people that are financially literate that should be and bitcoin it allowed me to become financially literate i went to college i got two business degrees i was not financially literate when I graduated because of Bitcoin, I now feel financially literate. But what do you say to the people who, who still trust the dollar and for the people who just don't care enough to, Mm -hmm. to become financially stable, not financially stable, financially literate. Like some people are fine just getting taxed and not having any assets. Like what would you say to those people then? I mean, if you're okay being a sheep as a person, (laughs) then that's fine. That's, you know, uh, what do they say? Obliviousness is... um, Ignorance is best friend or something like that? Yeah, there we go. Ignorance is uh, bliss or something. But in in reality, if if you... look at the reality of the situation and life itself i mean it's not you don't not want to know stuff you know you want to know everything you can but ak is people who do not period (laughs) like you do know that though right yes okay yes and actually i was just listening to robert breedlove this morning he was saying There's an 80-20 rule. 80% of the people listening to a podcast or some form of educational information, 80% of those people won't care. Mm -hmm. But the 20% of people, they will really take it into account and it'll change their lives. And they'll get immense value out of hearing my words. And that's what my goal is. Those 20% people 
that take this and really learn about Bitcoin and the monetary system and the faults and the Ponziness, and the fact that old men are just running our eco- economic system. So for you the know, yeah. Jerome Powell, Jerome Powell, he's the Federal Reserve, the head of the Federal Reserve. Yeah, he does nothing but just has a meeting every couple months. But yeah, uh, for the <clears throat> for the 20% people, like what would you give them as a an action plan like going towards literacy and like Bitcoin? Like a little uh like a one or two month little powwow about it. Like what what well, actions? I would say go to episode 1 of the What Is Money podcast. That is like the best starting point I could think of. Um, Robert Breedlove is incredibly ingenious and he's such a grounded philosopher. Sounds good. So, or another question, are you completely out of the dollar? Like even like, um, I I don't hold dollars, no. Do you invest in I, dollar systems? Do you invest in anything that's... No, no. So no I stocks, hold, no nothing? I, no, 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 no. Nope. Nope. Real nope. estate? No real estate, nope. All crypto. Yeah, my father actually is still on the real estate... Uh, bandwagon but he has to understand that 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 whole market is about to hit the fan in a sense so do you foresee like let's say for example bitcoin does do x y and z they meet x y and z goal by two or three years do you see bitcoin being re-regulated in any kind of way well okay because the new etfs were just approved last week. That is government regulation. That is, even though the SEC says we don't endorse Bitcoin, now it's part of a regulated product. It's part of a regulated government uh, issued product. So there's nothing, I mean, what more could we ask for, you know? There's no more government regulation that we could ask for, you know. I mean, the only the thing they could say is all oh, self custody is banned and something. I don't know, but you can't do that because the Bitcoin network is worldwide. There are miners all around the world. There are nodes maintaining the network all around the world. So. There's no one world government. The United States can't just say, oh, Bitcoin is bad. We're shutting it down. China tried that. It didn't work very well. It only made Bitcoin more decentralized because they banned mining and all the miners moved to all different places all around the world. So... If they wanted to, they couldn't stop Bitcoin. Hmm. Do you the only thing they could 
uh, shape it into a box that they can control, which is what the ETF is. Mm. It's an instrument for them to, to get their fees. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Interesting. Yep. It's paper Bitcoin. The so is you're not saying get rid of the dollar. You're just saying you want Bitcoin to be hand in hand with the dollar. Well, it's a free market. People have the freedom to choose. Do you want crappy fake paper money or real hard digital by code consensus money that is recognizable by millions and millions and millions of people? Or or the the fake fiat money, you know? Yeah. It's a free market. It's a free market. People could go buy yen if they wanted to. They could go buy euros. But, you know, what what a person chooses like me personally, I would make the best in my opinion the best choice for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like you look, said, it's a look, free market, so Yeah. So you look at what options are available. They're all fiat options because every currency is a fiat money, which is fake by decree. That's what fiat means. Bitcoin is the only real hard sound money that is recognizable by everyone. Everyone that holds Bitcoin values bitcoin as i mean money yeah yeah i mean as a currency yeah money as a currency so we got that down packed my next thing in in my mind of financial literacy would be how do you make profit off of it okay bitcoin like i said it's some it's an invention that's never been available before in our entire humanity it's simply an invention it is the invention of bitcoin is the greatest savings technology that has ever been invented because it is a fixed supply asset it's not going to depreciate. It's going to appreciate over time. Like the U.S. dollar has lost buying power over time. We can agree on that. You can look at many, many different charts. The U.S. dollar has lost buying power. Bitcoin gains buying power over time. And that's because of the, because of the halving events reducing the amount that is being inflated because bitcoin has inflation but it's planned and it's in the code and everybody knows of it it's not like jerome powell all of a sudden decides oh let's raise interest rates by 75 basis points Mm. you can't do that with bitcoin but because of the bitcoin having 
every four years. The next one is in about three months. Um, the supply of new Bitcoin gets cut in half. So any any savvy business person knows less supply and more demand. What will that do to the price? Drive out poor people. Well, by poor people, you mean weak hands, people that cannot hold this asset. So that's what you mean by poor people. Someone can be poor and have a little Bitcoin and never sell it and continue to be poor. In 20 years, they'll be rich. And that's because it's in the Bitcoin code. The halvings occur every four years and that makes it more and more scarce. So that that homeless person that has $100 in Bitcoin now in 20 years, that'll be five halving events or five cycles. It's like almost there's not enough Bitcoin to go around, basically. There's going to be more demand for this invention that at the push of a button lets anybody send value from any place in the world to another place in the world in 10 minutes with no middlemen. <coughs> I mean, Excuse me. That, that alone is invaluable. So what happens if another coin gets an ETF? Well, they're in talks for Ethereum spot ETFs. They're being talked about also XRP and Solana, but nothing's been approved. Only Bitcoin, but it does look like the Ethereum ETF could potentially be approved this year. Um, and if it does, that would that would affect the supply of Ethereum, which is actually a deflationary coin now after their merge. Hmm. So what what would be the end the end all be all? You gotta wait twenty years to be rich? No, um in Bitcoin, it's basically a cycle. A cycle is the four-year halving cycle. Um, so there's going to be a low point in the cycle, and then there's going to be a blow-off top in the cycle. Um, like I said, the halving is in about three months, and usually it takes about six months after the halving to have the parabolic rise. And how incremental is that? Thousands of percent. In the past, it's been thousands of percent. So give, give me an example. The happening is happening in a couple months. Bitcoin yes. is at like what, 40, 40 something right now? 40,000 right now. So what? Would it be in after the happening in six months? Okay, see, it's hard to 
decipher the, the, the exact price, but you look at the fixed supply asset, the fact that the inflation rate is gonna be cut in half from 6.25 to 3.15 per block. With these ETFs being approved, it's gonna allow people easy access to Bitcoin. Um, so you think about that, it's a fixed supply asset with the inflation rate getting cut in half soon and billions and billions of dollars of new inflows coming in. I mean, it's it doesn't take a genius to to make some economical um, equations and know that the price is going to be affected. And what, when that happens, I, or go ahead. I, I don't want to say an exact number because I don't know and everybody, everybody is just guessing. But I know it'll be, I'm very confident it will be higher than it is now. So that's just holding Bitcoin is the way to increase Bitcoin, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. Holding Bitcoin is the way to do it, basically. Over time, you're going to see you don't need to trade. You don't need to trade and do all that funky uh, stuff with leverage and all that. That's that's all garbage. You just buy Bitcoin, you hold Bitcoin in self-custody, and then you use it when you need it. So you wouldn't... Or, go ahead. It's simple. Just like that, huh? Yeah, buy and hold. So what my my thing is like for the those 80% of people, how would you buy something that you put all your money into, but you still got to live your everyday life? Well, that's... That's... Uh, for a person to make their own decision and how they want to live their life. Mm -hmm. So big Bitcoin, you say, it isn't isn't for the the person who's lighting the pockets. It can be. You can buy a dollar worth of Bitcoin. You can buy ten dollars worth of Bitcoin. Any amount. It's it's broken down into satoshis like i said every bitcoin is 100 million satoshis so that's what 100. i'm trying to ask i know that you don't want to do the this ain't financial advice shit but just if you were a regular ass person and you you're on the tier of being damn near poor or or close to something you make 30,000 dollars a year how much of your paycheck are you putting into bitcoin like it's it's well, if if it's real financial literacy, it's breaking down your assets. You you have an American job, you get paid in United States dollars. How much are you allocating, saving, rent, gas, food? Like how much right. are you putting towards Bitcoin? Right. Okay. So what you're referring to is a Bitcoin strategy called dollar cost averaging, and that's putting in 
a certain amount of money at a certain top point in time mm-hmm. consistently yeah that one of your your big terms consistency is key yeah you damn right you damn so you, right you, you consistently dollar cost average no matter what the price of bitcoin is you'll still get some satoshis in your wallet so over time those satoshis stack up stack up stack up stack up stack up maybe one day you'll have a hundred million and if you do you'll have a bitcoin so that's what dollar cost averaging does it'll eventually get you to a hundred million and that is one bitcoin would you uh like relate that to like if somebody wanted to like use that instead of like a a Roth account or something would you think that would be the same kind of investment is it worth it okay so a Roth account is a retirement account you're referring to, right? Yeah. There is a company that can convert a person's Roth or 401k into Bitcoin assets and they don't take a tax hit or anything. That's unchained.com. Really? They, yeah. They can take your Roth and convert it into Bitcoin assets where you hold your own keys. Mm. So it's, it's a really cool retirement plan um, that they made available. See, why are you holding out on this financial literacy? We got to drop at least one jewel for the people, man. Come on. Well, I mean, it's a website. It's a, you know, it's a company. It's still a centralized company, but they're really Bitcoin oriented. They're really freedom tech oriented. And in my opinion, they're a good company. Hmm. Nice. So the end all be all is just, you gotta get your own information to make your own choices. Is what I feel that you're saying. Yeah, and and use self custody, don't rely on third parties and be, be your own controller. Don't be controlled by the governments or the Federal Reserve Bank. I feel it. I feel like this is something that we're going to have to check back in after the uh, whatever. After the having. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. So um, if anybody wants to easily buy Bitcoin, they just download the Square Cash app and it's just like pushing a button instantly. And it's right there and you can withdraw it to your self-custody wallet. Trust Wallet is a really good app. Um, you, you write down your seed words, then you are in control of your own money. You are your own bank. I feel that. I feel so you're that. Not, you don't rely on any centralized entity any exchange or anything um you have full control 
Is is that the only one that you can use? Can you use Coinbase or anything like that or no? Well, Coinbase is an exchange. They also have a self-custody wallet, but I don't like that particular wallet because they're they're doing something with NFTs and not allowing them to be sent out or something. Okay. So well, I, say, I don't say the one that you like wallet, again one more time. But trust, trust is the best. Trust wallet. Yeah, they're the best self-custody free app that you can just download write down your seed words then you have a wallet that nice. you're in full control of nobody can take anything away from you unless you lose that password well the seed phrase yeah don't lose the seed phrase <laughs> you gotta you gotta keep that in like a safe or something yeah <clears throat> any any last words before the, we, we let you get out of here well um Bitcoin is freedom money. It it is the one tool we have to opt out of the government control of our monetary system. And I just hope more and more people get educated and they learn, utilize these influencers that I mentioned earlier, learn more about it and how to not be a slave to our financial system. You work hard at your job, put some of that money into hard money, just uh, $100 a paycheck. Buy Bitcoin using the Square Cash app and boom, you have an instant savings account that will put your kids through college. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Thank you for letting me come on again, Aaron. I, or, I really appreciate it. Of course. And again, my name is Aaron Kagan. A-A-R-O-N-K-A-G-A-N. Best way to get me is find me on Facebook Messenger. Send me a message. I'll get right back to you with your number. You heard it here first. That was... Aaron Kagan. And this has been another episode of One Perspective to Another Podcast. Talking about financial literacy, a little bit of crypto, a little bit of everything. As always, make sure you tell two friends to tell two friends. And we are out.